Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Karen Marhefka, Deputy CIO of the Medical Group at RJW Barnabas Health. In part two, Marhefka talks about why she decided to take on another big EPIC implementation with the Medical Group, what she learned while serving in an advisory role and watching Liz Johnson's blind side, and why she believes remote work can give everyone more of a voice. For you, uh, coming into this role first as an interim, how did you approach that? I mean, I, I feel like there's certainly different ways it can happen and people look at it different ways, but what was your approach coming into that role? So I was joining a new firm at the time, Impact Advisors. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is during the time of COVID where many consulting firms were not hiring unless they weren't hiring to the bench. Is the term that I'm sure you're probably familiar with. They were hiring to fill a need where a request has been made. And so a person with an impact who has become a very, actually a very, very good friend called me and said, oh, you, you want to do this role. And I said, oh, go back into, into a CIO role with a medical group that's just forming and an epic. Are you kidding me? I don't know that I want to do that again. And my husband was actually sitting on the couch next to me. I was having this phone call. And he looked at me and he goes, you absolutely want to do that again. (laughs) And we talked about all the reasons for that. I had just finished a doctorate. I was really wanting to focus my work from a consulting perspective into something. You know, where am I going to put all this passion that I have? for helping organizations that continuing with implementations and optimizing their, what they've achieved with all these big implementations. And here it was presented to me on literally a gold platter. Karen, we want you to help this huge organization through this big implementation, both from a cultural merging perspective as a go-life perspective, all of that stuff. And I was very hesitant because I felt at the time it meant going back to my UMass roots and picking that up again where I left off. And I'm so glad that I did because, again, for me, it's taking my education, my expanded education, both academically as well as um, experience-wise, and actually applying it all in 2021 where I wasn't going back to 2012 and doing a repeat. This was Karen 10 years later with a lot of experience and a lot of a lot of tough years in between of learning things and expanding knowledge and all that goes with that to be able to apply that to this organization. And um, every day I'm rewarded with, we appreciate your knowledge. We appreciate your collaboration. We appreciate how you're helping us. And I just get that every day. And I didn't know that that would be the case except for the encouragement of my family, my husband, my friends in the consulting world, former CIOs that I've stayed close with who said, just go for it. This is going to be an unbelievable experience. Yeah. And then as far as becoming full-time, how did that come about? It sounds like that was certainly a welcome situation. It really was. And again, flattered, honored, truly humbled by the fact that this organization wanted me to come on board full-time as a, as a permanent member of, of the organization in a remote capacity. Now, I will be traveling to New Jersey, certainly, when it's appropriate for me to be there. But, you know, not having to move and working and having that interim, I was in that interim role for about six months and sort of proving not only to myself and to the organization, but to the folks that I oversee 
and then the organization to me, for all of us to come to the conclusion that this is working out really, really well. And yeah, we want you to come on board permanently and not much is going to change from what you've been doing for six months. So we love what you're doing. And if you love what you're doing as much as we do, then let's just do it. And um, I guess I should say, Kate, it was such a natural evolution to that point that it, it wasn't a jarring decision, you know, on my part. It could have been on their part. I can't, I can't answer for them. But for me, it was a very natural progression towards, towards this. And I'm the luckiest person on earth to have this all come together like this. I really am. Yeah, it's really nice when, uh, when things happen that way. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, not always the case, but. <laughs> not always the case. I know. Right. So before that, you had been, like you said, with Impact Advisors. And then I know you also did quite a bit of work with tenants. So how do you feel that that experience well prepared you for this role now? So with tenant, that was seven years with tenant. And that was all through Encore Health Resources. And then Encore was bought a few times, names changed. But through that entire time, the consulting contract with all of those consulting purchases over the years, that contract with tenant actually stayed alive. That was passed on. So I was very fortunate in that respect that that happened where I didn't have to switch companies. The company switched names, but my role stayed the same and I was able to stay with tenant. So how did that experience affect me for where I am now and and what it's done? So a couple of things. Tenant is massive, um, as everyone knows. And change with tenant is is like a machine. It's hard. They have to be very, very focused on the things that they want to change. And my job, obviously, I worked very closely with Liz Johnson that entire time. And my job was sort of twofold. It was to help advise Liz and her staff, you know, when they were handed things to pivot on, to change within the organization. I would do some research, you know, and help them figure out their go forward plan on how they do that. And it was very much of of an advisory capacity. But it was also an opportunity for me, for a very powerful senior person in in an HIT leadership role in a very large organization, I'm talking about Liz, it was Mm -hmm. my opportunity, I call it watching her blindside, and Uh, very much like the movie, everybody at Chime and Hymns, you know, would see Liz and I come into those forums, and they'd look in their eyes, I could almost, I could nail it, because I saw it every single time, Karen what the heck are you doing? And my role was truly watching Liz's blind side, making sure that she knew this, that she was prepared for this, that she stayed ahead of this. And um, where it comes to the feds, all of it, that was my job. And during that, Liz uh, was so supportive of me because I was getting my doctorate during that time as well. And, um, you know, the work that I did, certainly the things, the people I was exposed to, the the organization that I was working with, with Tenet, obviously was incredible um, subject matter. For every paper that I wrote for five and a half years, you know, I had to case study everything you could imagine. It was just, it was just a perfect, perfect platform for me, not only to do my job, that was first and foremost, but also to, uh, to feed my academic my academic wish. So this is the first time, Kate, that I'm actually publicly explaining what that role was. Yeah. 
it was incredibly, it still is. I still am reaping the benefit and the reward from that. But I think I want to say that um, I hope folks will understand that. And it's always a pay it forward thing for me. Right. And always a pay it forward. And protecting someone's blind side is a very, very noble, noble thing to do. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm sure it really was a great opportunity just to watch and, and learn also. You saw how Liz was approached and you could kind of uh, cut through to certain things, but then just see when someone like that is walking around. A lot of people do see, I don't want to say a target, but it's, I really I imagine it could have been, it was really educational to see that and be part yes. of it. It was. I would probably say the educational part of it and the honing of my skill in navigating the different levels of, of hierarchy in the IT world and the politics, all of the nuances that go into, I share this with Liz all the time, it's the profession of, of leadership in, in an ever-changing IT world for healthcare. Um, yeah. You know, managing, kind of maneuvering around um, you know, the vendor world versus the consulting world versus the health system world. And, and then the, the enclaves world, the professional enclaves, which is hymns and chime and, and some other things. Maneuvering through all of that and use that maneuvering to make a difference. And the education that goes along with getting there, that was my classroom for learning how to do it, but also, again, applying it to help someone who is in the middle of it. Yeah, it's really interesting. It really is. Looking at your role now versus your role at UMass, I'm sure that there's just approach things, a lot of things very differently, knowing all the things that you do now. Yeah. As I'm describing my tenant role, I'm actually thinking in my head, I'm catching myself because I'm doing the exact same thing with Bob Irwin and with Mm -hmm. Andy Anderson, the CEO of the medical group, and with Tip Ford. I'm literally thinking this through as I'm talking to you about it. I'm doing the same thing with them. I'm watching their blind side. And um, again, it, my doing that is, it's a passion, I guess, that I have that I, I've never really qualified as a, as a specific passion of things that I like to do. But it's very yeah. rewarding. And it's a big enhancement to my job. It's not right. just me picking up doing my job, making sure things are happening and, uh, you know, going through status reports and those things. It's, it's watching out for people who they're not asking for it. They're not asking for me to, to step into that role. They're, they're not, but where I can give a heads up, someone called me the other day. Oh, you're the chief operating officer's name is Tipton. And he says, you know, be tips whisperer, you know, and I'm like, (laughs) Yeah, I, 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 tend, I tend to do that. Um, it's not asked for, but it is always, always, always appreciated. And you have to be careful how you do it because there's some folks who don't want that. And whether it's, you know, delivered in a subliminal fashion or there's a sensitivity around doing that. But I have to say, I'm doing it even on this job, not really realizing that I'm quantifying it that way until right now. Yeah, wow. it's, it's, it is just so fascinating because somebody like Bob, someone like Liz, these are extremely bright, perceptive people. Yes. 
but the amount of (laughs) individuals and organizations that are trying to get something from them in one way or another, or just, you know, the amount of material coming at them, it's just really not something that anyone could be expected to handle all of that all the time. Yeah. There's going to be that one thing, one or two things, Liz often reminded me of this, the things that she was most, these are the things, Karen, that are going to get me. These are the things, Mm -hmm. these two things. And um, that helped because we were able to define those two, three things that were the danger points. They're different for everybody. They're different for everybody. I could never take the three, the two or three things that Liz Johnson was concerned about and say that Bob Irwin had the same. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Very, very different. That's really interesting. It's a lot to think about, too. I, I appreciate you looking into that and talking about it because it is, it's just really fascinating to me. To be able to do that, and for as many years as I did that with Liz and with Kenneth via my consulting role, I found, too, that it was a very non-hierarchical person. And IT, healthcare IT tends to be a very hierarchical. Yeah. Um, oh, very, very, very much so. And I, I just found I'm just not that person. I'm, I'm just not. Yeah, you definitely have to have order. I always say, you know, people will find a line and stand in it because it just feels better. You know, and the same thing is true with reporting lines, just pure HR things. But I just don't feel comfortable in, in super structured hierarchical organizations. And, and RWJ Barnabas, they do have their hierarchy, but there's just so much room and Epic is providing, the Epic structure for the project is providing this. There's so much room for collaboration rather than permission. And um, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I was excited to join because that really fit me. Yeah. I think that there are definitely people who, who share that viewpoint just as far as, as the hierarchy. And then that's how things have been. But I can see that changing a bit in the future as, as roles evolve, but then as people really accept more diversity into, into health systems and not necessarily looking at things how they always have been. I and mean, then that includes us, you know, that right. hierarchy. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> and I think remote working, actually, the remote yeah. setting, I think, you know, has a lot of impact on that as well. Because, yes, I'm on go-to meeting calls from 7 in the morning until 7 at night because we can pack a lot in to a day without the challenges of going to conference rooms or getting on airplanes or just going across the parking lot to another building. That all takes time to be able to do that. But a remote setting not only enhances, you know, work productivity, I think it really pushes the buttons on independent working and actually adding some individuality into how work gets done. There's just so much more opportunity to be able to do that rather than sitting around conference tables and and having the focus and the attention be on one, two, or three people, I just feel a, a real sense that everybody in a remote structure is having more of a voice. And there's, again, it's less of a hierarchical, respectful culture, which is what mm-hmm. I have whenever I go into a conference room. There's a deference there. There's a respect there that needs to be. But in a remote setting, everybody's even. It's even Steven right across that screen for some reason. And I think it just has given everybody more of an individual voice an opportunity as an independent contributor to maybe see themselves a little bit differently than a pure hierarchical structure. Yeah. 
I, I agree. I can see that too. And I think that it, it's pretty amazing how this has changed things and maybe not leveling the field as much as um, just taking steps in a more positive direction. In exactly. My opinion. Exactly. Okay. I don't know if there's anything else I wanted to, to touch on, but we've covered a lot. Thank you so much yeah. for, for taking time. I know it's, things are crazy, but really appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad we got to chat. Aww. Kate, I am too. Say hi to Anthony and thank you, you guys, so much for reaching out again. I'm very flattered. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.